We're live. I got it. The music. <laughs> you. Are now. About to witness. The awesome. A crushing. Uh, might. Of the U. G. S. Robinson. The kids looking at me. Show. Stop She didn't cry. <laughs> she doesn't look very impressed, but she didn't cry. Welcome, my friends, to a show that seemingly never ends. This is round number a one, a four, four. I am your host, Eugene S. Robinson. It's our holiday show. <laughs> Packed full of good tidings and cheer. But first, we're going to get <laughs> Yeah. No doubt. She's like just looking at me like, what are, what are you doing? Uh, but first, let's Bob Riley sing us in. This is Stigmata, The Calling of the Just. The song is called Intro All of Nothing. And you know how I'm playing this off the phone? I found it on YouTube. So you don't have to go to Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they hit your car with a hammer or shoot you to death in a nightclub. You just get it free on the internet which will leave me with 75 of them in my garage still unsold. Well, let's let Bob sing us in while I adjust the lights. I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. For being paid back and forth, all of nothing. All right, all right, enough of that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I figured it out. My beautiful wife came up with the plan. She goes, you know, it's probably on on uh, uh, iTunes. I go, the hell it is. If it's on iTunes, somebody's getting a check for it, and that somebody should be me. You need to find out who's doing it. Not on iTunes, but it's on YouTube, which means somebody's probably getting a check for it. It's not me, but I found one of you is put up. You put it up, it was completely hilarious uh, as uh, uh, Knuckle Up Intro Music, a.k.a. Stigmata Intro All of Nothing, making it very easy, uh, put up by Mr. Smart Alec, whoever that is. So uh, anyway, you know, I'm not that much of a money grubber that I need a nickel for every single Stigmata. I got the 75 in the garage. I don't need it. Do I look like the kind of guy that would squeeze you for your last nickel? Anyway, pinko95014 at yahoo.com. That's the PayPal address. One of you keep sending me the <laughs> you keep sending me cash app. I'm not complaining. Every time you do, it takes me about half an hour how to figure out how to get it out of cash app. But thank you for that. I can give it to you if you want it. The Venmo I got. I don't remember what it is, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, you had to sit through a UFC ad? Who gets paid for that? I should get paid for that, right? I think I get paid for that. And thus far, not a single check has come my way. And incidentally, Madonna owes me several thousand dollars. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, or you could go to patreon.com slash uh, the, the Stomper or Stomperville. Pretty soon, I won't even know that. I'll be like the, the Smashing Pumpkin, whatever it is. It's the Stomper or Stomperville at Patreon. You could donate, or you could just like Tommy LB. Yeah, you know, yeah, the bald one, man. He's not getting up off those sauces. You just send send it straight for those of you who are lucky enough to have actually the mailing address. Um, but anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Oh god. And look what I got on. Ah, 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 wait, wait, wait. 
there, there you go. I love wearing this to like Safeway. And there's always that young kid who just learned how to read. And he's like, first he gets, hey, that's the guy in the shirt. And then he like reads what's below. He's like, man, he's said, and the mother, come, come on, you beat that man alone. <laughs> that, that clearly very healthy man who shaves his head with a razor, you leave him alone. That's right, I did last night. Held the mirror up and my shoulders were on fire. And I was just like, you know what? If I give myself a bad haircut, who cares? Oh, yeah, these, the guy, the guy who printed these up, some Canadian cat, and I contacted him. He got all nervous, thought I was going to sue. I was like, I don't know, I don't sue. I just want some of the shirts, that's all. I wish I could find him again because I want some more. I'd be giving this out. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I'd be giving these out like uh, like uh, fruitcakes. People give out fruitcakes on the holidays, right? So anyway, uh, let's... Uh, Let's uh, let's get to the show. But first, I want to share. I, I I hesitate to go too far down this road because I know we've been there before. But I gotta share. I gotta share. Yep, it's not on my face. It's not a picture of my face on my face. It's totally different. And I keep sharing this before, and I don't remember when. And I remember I had Sandra Rosenzweig from California Lawyer Magazine had been my boss for a time. And she told me, she noticed that people's ailments are character defining. You know, somebody always has, she was kind of going down the Dante road, like the, the, the circles of hell, you know, like where you end, like, in other words, post-death, death, what is that great, the Dylan song, Death is Not the End, covered by Nick Cave, famously on Murder Ballads, that you continue on so the people who were greedy in life and are in that circle of hell where they're, they're being forced to consume and then they vomit and then they're torn apart by dogs and then they start again. So in other words, your character is eternal, right? And so she ties the same sort of theory into, into, into ailments. You know, if, if your feet always, typically she goes, the same sort of things uh, bother people for their entire lives, right? So what are you? What are you? What are you, a knee guy? Because I guarantee you, if you're a knee guy, you've been a knee guy your whole life, Right? Or you're a lower back guy. You've been a low. I know a guy who had to have surgery because he was too tall. Oh, his whole life, right? So I say, well, Eugene's like, yeah, yeah. And I used to pride myself on having like an iron stomach, which is kind of how I got here, right? So since February, what's happened? And I, I'm submitting this to you because I'm paranoid and I think I'm going to die any second. That's why I'm submitting it to you. So in February, what's happened? Stop going to jujitsu. And at first, I figured the shutdown, based on what I'm being told, is going to be three weeks. So I'm lounging around. I'm taking time to rehab the shoulder. You know, I'm feeling all right. Okay? I'm feeling all right. After about three weeks, I realized, hey, we're not going back anytime soon. So I said, well, you know, maybe I'll just, we'll be, man, we'll be back in, a, by June, we'll be back. i got to keep up my cardio. So I go run. I start running. Well, I keep running. I've been running the whole time. You know, you heard me up the hill with a sandbag, you know, sprinting. I got a, I got a 20 pound vest, something like that. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm running. Um, but then work really, you know, really, really. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Like I can eat anything. So, um, so then work starts to really bite my ass and I'm sitting in the same chair, the same chair to, to work. And usually I said, well, I'm not taking lunch. I never take lunch when I'm at work at my office anyway. I said, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go running for an hour, you know, or not an hour, you know, what an hour, like 20 minutes. I take 20 minutes out of my day, go running, come back and work. And then I, I'm doing that, and then I'm, I, I'm going into online jujitsu classes before I was banned from the Sorrell Academy, and they're like noticing my neck, right? And they're like, oh man, your neck is like getting kind of thin. I'm like, yeah, I probably dropped down to bride on all 215. I mean, those of you who remember when I was competing, I was 205. I'm walking around a healthy 215. I'm running, sprinting. My neck looked all skinny. And I was like, you know what? We're not coming back anytime soon. And so then I'm thinking about these monsters I'm going to have to deal with who, you know, their level of strength stays the same. Mine is decreasing. Cardio or not, I'm losing this, right? So one cat who runs a CrossFit place, so they usually, and I, I tell you what, I'll give you a, 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 a kettlebell, kettlebell. I'm like, all right. And he's like, I go to get it. And he's like, okay, that'll be 60 bucks, please. I'm like, why are you, I thought you'd give it to me for free. 
He's like, yes, grass or cash, nobody rides for free. Well, he's a religious guy. He wouldn't say that, but generally, I had to pay him for this. So I get it, and I start, I got a book here. Where's the book? Uh, I got I got Pavel's book, Enter the Kettlebell, from Dragon Door Publications. I'll, I'll show it to you. I got it right here. And he gave me some videos, right? I mean, I'm not doing a commercial for the guy. I'm just telling you that, like, I'm taking this stuff seriously. There you go. And... Uh, and so I can start doing the kettlebells, right? And uh, so, you know, I'm getting stronger. So I get, I get another kettlebell. I get three. I got three kettlebells. And then I get a wreck, a wreck bag, you know. And now I got a sledgehammer. And now the workout is about now. Now I'm 240, right? Now the workout's about an hour. I'm about 240. But work is biting my ass. So the 20-minute run, I can't break away to do an hour and a half workout during the work week, really. So I'm doing less of it, less of it, sitting, sitting, sitting. Now, I've heard people complain about constipation my whole life, and I've been like, what are they complaining about? What do they complain? What's the big deal? You said, I didn't, I went canoeing down the Delaware River once and didn't poop for three days because I'm anal retentive and the bathrooms were so disgusting. I go, forget it. I'm not using it. I don't need it. I'll wait. And that's what I did. Of course, you know, I was like 12 then. So, uh, so, uh, but then I remember, I didn't I have some sort of, I know I had some sort of stomach weirdness before because I get my, my jujitsu bag where I keep all my shower stuff and I have like all the stuff in there, right? Like I must have, I don't remember when, but you've heard the expression shitting a brick. Not funny, right? Toilet bowl full of blood. I'm panicked. Call my doctor friend. He's like, okay, is it bright red blood or is it dark red blood? I said, well, it's, it's mostly bright red, but I can see the dark red. He goes, okay, then you got, you got a problem. If it's dark red, it comes from deep inside. I don't know what to tell you. So I go, oh, God, my God, I'm dying. So I find this old stuff back with all my protein powders and my old vitamin pills and stuff. I don't, I kind of take, I like to take it intermittently. It's called colon cleanse. And Akasha's like, I wouldn't take that. You know, I, I took it once and I was like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you took it, you're 120 pounds. What do you mean? You tell me. Oh, you don't tell me. I'm 240. I'm more macho. I'm more fuerte. I don't need it. So it says, you know, they have instructions on the thing. I go, screw this. I'll take whatever I think is right. So I take what I think is right. Nothing. Nothing. This is just last night. I tell this to you by prelude of saying, I did the same thing two times in a row. Did it again today. In fact, I did it an hour ago. So if I have to leave the show suddenly, it is for a good reason. I have no intention of Gigi Allen the rest, Gigi Allen-ing the rest of this show. But at least there's no more toilet blood, uh, uh, toilet bowl full of blood anymore. I might live another week. But this is the thing now. I'm starting to get the stomach thing again and get just from sitting. Just from sitting. Yeah, I tried to tell her. I've broken toilets before. Back when I was 265, you know, I don't want to get too graphic, but it would just break the toilet. So the sitting thing, so the wife is suggesting that maybe I should get an office chair because posturally it changes it and um, stand up more often, maybe a standing desk. But when all these articles I read about how sitting can kill you, I used to think it was a joke. A sitting can kill you. Yeah, that's because six days a week, I was starting my day out with an hour and a half of jujitsu, running, push-ups, leg raises, grappling, peristalsis to get some food from here out of the ass is aided in the better by those activities. Even an hour and a half of working out, it helps. Standing up and walking to the toilet is nothing. So I just say this by way of saying, you can't, 58 years old, can't act like this stuff is not happening. They that Metamucil is invented for a reason. So there you go. If I don't live until next week, you know why. That's not my point. Speaking of pains in the ass, this the one of you, Ian knows, watch it last night. I don't know what to tell you, man. I honest to God don't know what to tell you. When nah, coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker because that gives you cancer of the pancreas. Yeah, let, you want, you know, yeah. Let's let's ask uh, uh, Swayze. Let's ask Patrick Swayze how his pancreas is doing. It killed him. <laughs> nah, nah, I gotta touch it. I gotta touch it. 
But last night, I don't know. This was I had what seven or eight cares in the card. The card lost like three or four fights to COVID. I, I think I think I I ran the table. I think I zeroed out all of my picks. I'm not as cranky about that as I am about that last fight. Steven Wonderboy Thompson against this guy, Geoff. Jeff Neal. Now, Jeff Neal has come out today. It's not Wednesday yet, but I'm all right with this. Jeff Neal has come today and said, well, I got hit in my eye, and I couldn't see anything out of my eye for the entire fight. Now, just like DC did last week, uh, gave that fighter, that woman fighter, oh, that's a nice uh, gave gave the fighter said, oh, I think she quit. And her team is fight Sam, that woman fighter Sam. Her team is fighting back, saying, you know, we trained really hard, we don't have to get and I said, Doug, you know, you 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 get in there and get the job done. You're wounded, you gotta get through. Yeah, this is MMA and you can say no moss anytime, but I honest to God, you know, you gotta this is your chance. You can't and the reason why remember we've said that if you're watching somebody do something and they're screwing up, your brain is making that mistake, and that's why you get extra frustrated with them. You ever try to teach somebody how to drive or teach a, 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 you know, a, an older person like me how to use the internet or something? And it's just like, oh, just, I used to try to write newspapers uh, when I first got to college before I could type really well, even though I took typing classes in high school. I'd be like this, and my roommate would go, oh, God, get out of there. And he would just type up the papers for me because he could type really well. I was like, ah, man, you need to relax. Because he just couldn't take it. His brain was going through each and every, like, oh, and I take the whiteout. Typewriter days, these whiteouts. So, um, you know, so my problem is not saying no mas. My problem is once you realize the hand that you've been dealt, how you choose to play it after that. And Jeff Neal was the exact way that you don't, right? Or Sam. I mean, if you look at it, the woman Sam who fought last week against, uh, oh, God, I can't remember who. Um, I, she said, this is a good young man. I don't know. She was noncommittal about the eye, like, like she was weighing what I should say, what I want to say, what I need to say, and what, what I could say. And so she's waffling, and then, it's, and then they just they get cut right to it. They go, can you see out of it? She goes, well, I know. And they go, okay, that's it. Yeah, Tisha Torres. You knew what was coming, right? You knew what was coming. Your fate was staring you. So when I watch these people make mistakes that are elemental, life-changing mistakes, it feels like I'm making them. If you look on paper, if you look at the fight, Jeff Geoff Neal and this woman Sam did completely different things. Sam pulled that ripcord like Johnny Utah, and she was out. Screw it. Fuck it. Why go on with this? It's pointless. Geoff says, screw it. I'm going to keep fighting. There's a third option, and I'm look, I wasn't in there. And who was that fighter who said, yeah, I don't want these, these armchair critics. Unless you've been in there, you can't come. Well, I have been in there. I have. Uh, let's see. I was getting a slot beat out of me, and some guy punched himself in his own eye. He was mounted up on me. I pulled him in, and he punched himself. His thumb went in his eye. Couldn't continue. I won that fight. I couldn't have been happier. But again, it had nothing to do with me being injured. Have I been injured in the fight? Yes. Against Kung Lee. Crawled out of the ring. It was not a cage. It was a ring. Tried to stand up, fell, stand up, fell, refused to hop, stay all the way through to out of the gym in the parking lot, drove right to the hospital. Exactly. So, uh, so the, the, the way, you know, have I been injured in a way that was like where I could say, how do I want to handle this? I have door A, door B, door C. So I clearly don't favor Sam's thing of like, Willie Wash, you know, with that that's some kind of a privileged place, right? Because it means that ah, I got this chance, other chances will come along. In macro, I believe that. 
If you have a chance, another chance will come along. You know how many times I've said that about women I could have slept with? Ah, you know, whatever. She, she called before, she call again. Nah, nah. That's the height of idiocy when I was a bouncer. Like the most, you know, I'm not usually taken in by this sucker stuff. I've grown up around beautiful women. I come from a family of beautiful women. All that beauty stuff. It doesn't matter. But I was, when I was bouncing back in the early 90s, you know, comes up to me and goes, excuse me, uh, we're getting people out of the club. Where's your, your restroom? I go to the restroom? She goes, yeah. I go, back there to the right. All the other bouncers look at me like, what the fuck is your problem? What are you talking about? They go, you're supposed to walk her back there. Yeah, yeah she'll be back. Nah, nah. Nah, I never come back. So <laughs> I never saw her again in my life, right? It's like Dante and Beatrice. There's one moment. But, but of course, I mean, I was dating somebody anyway. It wasn't that big of a lot. Whatever. So... Uh, where was it? Oh yeah. So 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 A is the way Sam did it. Yeah, I'll probably have other chances, and yeah, maybe not. Okay, Geoff Neal. Geoff Neal says, I can't see after the first round. I'm gonna try my best and see what I was, you know. I was, eh. No, 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 no. Your best. No, your best. If you were thinking about the sport, and I do this a lot of times anyway. When I think about the fact that Sands, a referee, going back to Roman gladiatorial, and a lot of these fights, you remember gladiators challenge, that was the, they traded on this. Going back to you look up in the stands and everybody's going like that, your tap out will mean nothing. Okay, this is Eugene fantasy talk, but still, what I'm thinking about is you should fight accordingly. It's like, ah, yeah, like uh, Cannoneer also did. I was wounded early. Cannoneer did what I would have done. He did not pull a G off Neil. He's like, I'm going to try to win. That's, that's, that's all I can do. That's all I can do. In actual fact, I'm going to redouble my efforts. I'm not going to turn. And, and listen, let me tell you, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, you think he's a nice guy? You know, that friend of mine said the three meanest people he had ever met. And I'm going to screw this up now. And sometimes I remember all three, and sometimes I don't. One of them was Muhammad Ali. And now I absolutely can't remember the other two. But I think that oh, George W. Bush, Muhammad Ali, and um, I can't remember the third one. But these are people that not, you would not expect to be mean. They, they were like, mean. These are people are mean. I, I've written it down somewhere because I never want to forget. Man, now I'm forgetting. Wonder Boy is is is, is kill, he's killing kill you with kindness, you know. So he comes out. I've often talked about how the high five to start a fight. That's a tactic. That's not because he likes you. That's to stop the the uh, Fabrizio Verdum flying kick in the face. The George Masvidal. It's to stop that. They just beat the Santa. We're pals, buddy. Yeah, let me close the distance and we tap our hands and we. Nah, man. He said fight. He didn't say hug. Yeah, Michael Jordan is mean too. But the, you expect it from him. Well, maybe you don't really. But it, he wasn't one of the three. I can't remember. So um, so he's high-fiving at the beginning. And they're fist-pounding after the rounds. And they're hugging each other. And they come. That's a tactic, bro. I, I'm not saying that if you were to fall down a flight of stairs and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson was at the bottom of those stairs, he wouldn't help you up. Maybe he would. He probably would. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, all of that kindness stuff. Look, look, I'm the nicest guy in the world. And, and like I said, when I talked about competing in jiu-jitsu, except that guy who listened to the show and then said, hey, yeah, I wasn't going to let you EJJ me. This is after they, they bumped me up two weight categories to unlimited and knocked me down three eight categories because there was nobody in my thing, and Brazilians hate to give back entry money. And this guy almost murdered me in there. He was re- but I refused to tap because as I knew what he was doing. But afterward, he said, he was like, I wasn't going to let you EJJ. Because, ah, you watch the show. You got fucking, ah, I should have kept my mouth shut. 
but generally before a fight, I'm smiling, I'm happy, I'm a nice guy. And they say, go fight, and I'm smiling, I'm happy. And as soon as I get close enough to the, it's a salvo of punches to the head, but like that, like that Dutch fighter, Remco Pardell, <laughs> fought so crazy. <laughs> he would watch some of his old, I think that was his day, watch some of those old, old fights. Yeah, it's the guys that you think are the nice guys. But in this case, you know, and at the end, the Wonder Boy, I mean, and so Neil's saying out oh, it was a headbutt or something that happened, and he said there was blood in his eye, and then they were talking in the commentary, which was atrocious again. But however, I could identify the source of atrociousness, and let me tell you, it it wasn't, well, it's, how do I put this? It was a friend to knuckle up, so that, let's just leave it at that. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things ain't exactly the same. One of these things is not like the other. Can you guess which one it is? Fuck. Sorry, dude. It's time to rest. You know, me and anybody listening now could say, oh, give me my check and a sausage, please. Thank you. Come on. Now, this is, uh, I, you know, I've had problems with Bisping before. But I love the dude's commentary. <laughs> and I've liked him more over time. I thought he, he robbed a couple of fighters that, when they were trying to do the buildup. And I didn't, think, I didn't think he'd beat Anderson. So I, I don't want to get into that. His commentary is on point. You take him, Brendan Frazier, the Laura Sanko thing. I, I love Laura Sanko. I don't know why. I like him. Put it in the trunk of my car or something. I know the name. I love the name. It's funny, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. Marching. So um, we'll get to that. So, so uh, all that Stephen Wonderboy stuff. I don't say Geoff Neal bought it, but he was happy to have it. Why? Why? Well, because 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 let, let me let me, I, I tell you I tell you a story. He was happy to have it. But let me tell you kind of an ultra sex story, right? Uh, and we'll keep it brief because, you know, I think my mother listens to the show. She doesn't need to be honest. So there's this woman, and I mean, I could be, I mean, need to be relatively circumspect about it. But um, she had had, in the early stages of our relationship, had had problems lying. And I just said, you, you never, ever have to have a problem lying to me because I don't give a shit. I, I either. Don't believe anything you say, like the cops, my cop friends who I love talking to, because they always get that look in there. Like, no matter, the sun is shining. Yeah. You would say that. No, no, man, really, the sun is shining. Nah, you say you would say that. Or alternatively, I believe everything you say. You tell me I believe it. I don't, I'm not putting all my chips on red anyway, so whatever you say it, I believe it. So at one point, she would lie to me, and then she would tell me it was a, it was a two-step. She would lie to me, and then she would tell me that she lied to me, which somehow was a little bit different than just lying to me. You know, people lie for certain reasons. They lie to, to protect themselves from harm. They lie to, you know, they, uh, you know. So finally, one time she says, ah, I'm sorry, I told you I lied. And it was a lie of a sexual nature. Yeah, she had fucked somebody. And I said, yeah, you fucked so-and-so, right? She says, yeah, I didn't care that she fucked him. I'm the one who brought it up. I was just trying to establish what. She said, no, that never happened. And she really told me, ah, you're fucking, you didn't even have to do that. You pulled, you crawled across the room pulled me out, and, 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 and then like, trapped me, in, and it was completely unnecessary, unforced error. So she goes, I feel really bad. And, I, yeah, well, sure. and she goes, I'll tell you what. I said, I want you to hit me. Yeah, I'm not going to hit you. I'm not going to do it. And she goes, no, no, I want you to hit me. And I said, it's pointless. It doesn't achieve anything. You know, that's, that's not how I roll. I don't, you know. I had one other girl when she, uh, we were, had a problem. She would say, well, let's just have sex. I go, but that doesn't, that doesn't solve anything. No, it wasn't that I'm pregnant lie. She didn't really do that. So she says, and, and I go, okay, all right, all right, all right. What, what do you want? What, what do you want me to punch you? What do we want me to do? You know, hit me with something. I go, okay, what? She says, well, like that belt over there. So I grabbed the belt. And I didn't really, my heart wasn't really into this. And I'm like, this is just stupid. It doesn't do anything. I, especially if the idea is to unload you of the guilt you're feeling. I want you to live with that. I want you to just breathe it and smell it. I want you to wash or bathe in it because you owned it. You earned that. But I, I think, okay, so I, I take the belt, and she gets on her hands and knees, and, you know, her back is naked right now, and she's, you know, go ahead, go ahead. 
And so I kind of bring the belt down half-heartedly, you know, as boom. Now, if it's me, and you can't dominate Shalala me on my own show. If you've heard it, don't ruin this for everybody. Else. If it's me, and I tell somebody to hit me, like Jake LaMotta in Raging Bull, I don't mean pity pat. I mean go ahead and hit me. So I bring this half-hearted thing down, boom, and I hit her on the back. And I could see from it that she was really tensing up, expecting it. But then when it was half-hearted, she was like, relaxed. And I'm waiting for her to say, listen, I told you to hit me. I mean hit me. And I said, oh, so you want this theatrical thing where you want this fake symbolic unloading of the guilt and you're making me a participant to this ridiculousness and now you're going to soft shoe your way through it like Geoff Neal? It's like, oh, I'm not being played necessarily. I know what Tom's is doing, but I'm happy to have it so I can dance through another four rounds because I can't see anything. Well, between the first hit and the second hit, I actually got angry. I'd have been angry this whole time. But between the first and the second, I got angry. And when I brought that second one down, it was like it was like four, but with a belt. And it hurt so bad. She you know, almost like fell flat and passed out. And I think she said, I'm glad it was only two. Yeah. I said, you know, next don't this is this was pointless and this was unhealthy and I don't think it achieved anything. Next time you want to do it, just get your stuff, put it in the bags, and leave, please. That simple. Because it's pointless. I don't give a shit whether you tell me the truth or a lie. We're wasting time. I don't have much time on this planet. We're wasting time. This is back in the 80s. So, Geoff Neal uh, um, goes, uh, uh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, exactly. Geoff Neal you could see, and keep in mind, that was a ruptured quadricep tendon. He was still kicking on it. He was still, he was like, nobody's executive gatekeeper. Nobody. I'm still in the hunt. You bring these young boys in front of me, I'm going to send them home. Oh, accidental. You didn't fight like that? You know where Geoff Neal is now? No, neither does he. The Beatles song comes to mind. He's a real no man, no man. Nowhere man living in a nowhere land, making all these nowhere plans for nobody. The guy who deserves you, deserves the award, the guy who did your videos. I can't believe I fell for it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. How reckless can you get? I, like I tweeted out last night, I will never, ever pick this guy again. Because this is the guy that went for the one belt okie doke. Man, and I don't know why, I don't know why I'm as disgusted with him as I am, except for the fact that I know myself, it's like watching somebody fuck something else up. I know if it were me, I would fight until I quit, until I couldn't move. How do I know? Because I've done it before myself. I've not been that injured, but outside of refusing to uh, hop in the car, walking on a leg, falling in the parking lot to get to my car after fighting with Kung Lee, I know myself. Because I don't revisit these moments with a woulda, shoulda, coulda. I don't. I don't need to. I don't need to woulda, shoulda, coulda them. I, anything that was possible to do, I did. So, uh, Jeff Geoff Neal back to drawing board in UFC Fight Night 183 main event. Yeah, that drawing board. Is that you want? To, is that you want? That's what you want to call it? Drawing board. That, that's it. Okay. All right. You call it whatever you want. Uh, you, you, you lost me. I don't trust you. Don't trust you. <laughs> uh, so let me see. Let me get. Uh, hold on. Let me give up some of these other fights I'm going to talk about on the card. You can hear the kid crying. Right? She's like, I don't want to do that. The hell would it? The hell would you? She's like, slept 30 minutes today. She refuses. So, um, yeah, the fight was lackluster, and it was a crappy rotten cherry on the top of a largely rotten cherry night. And, I mean, look, there were some high points. But, uh, you know, if the if MMA or our drugs going through it, I have to say I felt like afterward, like, man, I got to find the guy who sold me this. 
sucks. Is I, I'm not gonna kick out of this at all. So uh, so let's go let's go. Uh, so let's go back. So we got um, who do we? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here we go. So T, uh, Thompson in, in Geoff, and that was a sour sour pill to swallow. Uh, Jose Aldo and and uh, Marlon Vera. That was actually uh, uh, <laughs> I like Sean O'Malley's take. Cheeto sucks. I, I really, I really, I, I like seeing, I like seeing uh, Jose adjust to a new normal. I like seeing that. Um, you know, in other words, in other words, in other words, it, it, it was a case of him like thinking, like I'm not thinking about up here, right, where I used to be, because that was yesterday. In my reality right now, I'm just trying to beat that guy over there. Now, I'm not thinking about that guy up there, just that guy over there. I like pragmatism. That was a pr pragmatic fight plan to, to control that guy the last round on the ground just to show he could. Didn't even just to show he could. It's like, buddy, I'm winning this fight. I'm winning it. The look on his face. And did you hear they ran an article about how he got the scar on his face? And maybe wonder what his parents were like. His sisters pushed the crib over and he fell into the barbecue pit. That's how he, I thought, you know, it would be like he had a knife fight. He was an infant and got pushed into a barbecue pit by his sisters. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I got to ask questions about, Ma, where were you then when they were throwing me in the barbecue pit? Because that's an intense scar. It, it's lifelong. The only scar that I have that's lifelong is from chicken pox. It's right here. That was the one place I scratched. Also where my pineal gland is, my third eye, scarred. But it's good to see Jose Aldo where he was and uh, 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 Chaos Williams and uh, uh, Michelle Pereira. Michelle Pereira was, was the court jester side of, 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 uh, of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Uh, he's a break dancing and he's, uh, you know, and then there's joking and he's doing this wet toozy and the samba and he's, I'm his physique and the outside, you know, accepting the man bun seemed to belie all that stuff. And I've liked him before. He was a don't care who's become a care, but I picked chaos uh, against him. Chaos who just can't look. There's a reason why a guy like Keith Jardine was successful. His rhythms were weird. You ever try to dance or do anything that's rhythmic with somebody who's arrhythmic? You ever try that? If you've ever, I used to be a dance instructor. If you tried to teach somebody who's arrhythmic how to dance, half an hour of that at the end, you suck. You suck. It, they can fuck up your sense of rhythm. And a pest, and a pest, and a pest, and a pest. These rhythms, you know, boom, boom. Some of you are like, yeah, you just, I got you the rhythm, and then the others are like, boop, 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 boop. I, I can't even, I can't even do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember, you know, and then, and then they get you off rhythm. You're like, who's it? You got to go back, right? Okay, so uh, Pereira, you know, yeah, okay, whatever, man. That's I, I, I like your shtick, and, and and that was a thing where no, I don't think anybody won that fight. You know, he fucked up the rise of a promising newcomer uh, in, in chaos. And, and he himself, <clears throat> I mean, this is not executive level. Somehow it's it's more infuriating to get to get capped by a gatekeeper than an executive level gatekeeper. Because at least executive level, it means you don't get to the C-suite. It's fine. Man, at least I'm in the waiting room of the C-suite. I'm in the phantom toll booth of the C-suite. And when I finally get in to see the wizard, I'm Jake. But if you can't get past the velvet rope guy, man, you're just a guy standing on the sidewalk. That's where chaos is now. Just a guy standing on the sidewalk. You, you don't get the executive level gatekeeper. You got another guy who's scrapping with you at the front. You know, I, I was in Vegas with this cat who ran a porno company. And I don't need to say the name of the company. And he goes, let's go to this club. Let's get at it. We're not going to get in there. The line, he's, he's like, so he goes up to the guy in the front front door, and I'm watching carefully to see what I used to be a doorman. I, you know, 
and he leans in. He's like, hey, buddy. Now, I know he doesn't know this guy. And then I see the hand come in, and I see this. For those who are just listening, I got my thumb bent over my palm, and he fucking dukes him. I go, what did you? 50. Front of the line inside. Fuck, man. Is that? And I, I was enraged. Because you know how long I've been a bouncer? And you know how I, I didn't figure this out? Yeah, God. So Pereira is nowhere. Now chaos is nowhere. Everybody is nowhere. We're all got a seat on the other side of the velvet rope. That's great. That's just great. But it's all right. That's what should have happened. I'm fundamentally okay with it. Doesn't mean I like seeing it. Uh, Rob Font. Rob Font's Muay Thai coach, I find out, is a, uh, is a one of you let me know, dude's an Oxbow fan. How'd that happen? He said, well, he was talking about the show. He goes, Eugene Robinson. He goes, yeah, I ran a piece. He wrote a piece about Gaston, one of the guys, uh, you know, um, at the, what is that? Com, com, oh, God, the memory goes. Uh, Kyrian's place. Uh, anyway, Gaston Bolanos. And he goes, hey, is that the same Eugene from Oxford? He's like, yeah. You know, he's like, ah, cool. So I, I didn't put Rob Font. And, of course, I picked Marlon Marais. And, and, you know, I used to like Rob Font, you know, my Boricua, you know, it's cool, fine. He's been out, he gets surgery. I've had surgery. I, don't, I wasn't good for about 18 months, but the dude came back. Oh, my God, it was a clinic, clinic. And we've seen this now two weeks in a row, Cub Swanson, and now again. If a guy, if somebody was asking me the other day, boxing versus jiu-jitsu, I said, if you go to jiu-jitsu six days a week for a year, at the end of the year, you're not going to be able to say, beat me. But you're going to be able to beat 97% of the people walking around. That's a year. That's a basic blue belt functioning in a year. One of those women who, who won last night and beat Jillian Robertson, she is a blue belt, technically. When I fought uh, Jermaine Durandamy last time, just grappling, she was a blue belt, technically. But if I spend six days a week boxing in 12 months, just like I can tell you, if I went six days a week doing tango, after 12 months, I may not be that much better. These are incredibly sophisticated, difficult things to master. Not even to master. To master, almost impossible. To functioning good, you'll be better than most people walking around, no matter what, if you're six days a week for a year. But if you're going against a talented boxer who's been doing it before, my friend Alan back in, in, in Flatbush, this kid, when we were 10, 11, 12, he was always making his way to police athletically to box. I guarantee you, I don't know where Alan's gone in his life or what he's done since, but I tell you, Alan could fuck you up now. I guarantee you. And I'm not talking about the street fight. I'm just talking about get some gloves, put that guy in the ring, and go. There's just shit that you can't, that you just can't. You can't. I mean, that's the first thing I said I get my black belt. First thing I'm going to do is stuff the box again. And just to see what I can remember. And, and Morais is going to, yeah, he, yeah, that's what happened. And, you know, and then, of course, I don't need the, I don't need this, you know, D.C. at the militating for it. There's a late stoppage. It's like, you know, where you been, man? Off count your money somewhere. Retiring all this cash that you get. I mean, you know, I'm, yeah, I don't know, man. The Canelo fight I did not watch. I did not watch. And keep in mind now, because I can watch off the phone, I'm walking around with the phone and I got the kids, so I can half-ass watch this. Tabora, I said I didn't care about the Tabora uh, uh, greg Hardy fight, but I tell you, in my heart of hearts, this was the first, in my mind, real fighter they gave uh, uh, Mr. Whitebeater, and I was hoping that what would happen, happened. And he got him in the high crotch, and I go, please go ahead and take a duck and chase him. And he lifted, got him down. And that's all she wrote. Oh, it was so great. He said, how's this feel, huh? Oh, you put the can open in the wrong spot again, huh? Didn't I tell you about using using Downey in my clothes? You know, whatever he was beating his wife up for before, his woman up for before. I was just envisioning that. He gets so, And the thing is, if you had been, March is a big guy. And I'm sure those 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 punches hurt, but you know, 
I, I have to tell you, there was only one time, one time that I was punched in an MMA match where I was like, that fucking hurt. That hurt. And it wasn't against, I, I fought Chris Sampton my first time in this underground fight league. I fought Chris Sampton, who was in the first season of The Ultimate Fighter. If you read the fight book, you, I wrote about it. The dude knocked me out right at the end of the first round. I was okay enough to come back in the second round. If it was an MMA fight, they wouldn't have let me do it. And he choked me out the second time. That kind of that that kind of hurt. Not enough that I can even remember it, but I remember having a headache for the, the week afterward. Okay? That kind of hurt. And then the only other time that I got, I did like uh, 11 matches. And the only other time was a guy from University of Minnesota boxing team. He punched me in the face and knocked me down like, like in, into an L. And so I'm standing up like this. He like, boom, like right there. And then I was on the floor like this, or maybe like this. My legs in front of me just sitting there, except he didn't know shit about MMA. So he starts talking to me. He said, see, the problem is, I was like, fuck, I didn't hear the ref say shit. I scrambled to my knees, grabbed his legs, threw him down, choked him out. But that shit, you get punched by a boxer, it hurts. But this stuff that he was getting, Sorrell used to do that to me all the time. And if you think, if you think I'm saying he was doing it lightly, when COVID ends, if the school is still open, come to Mountain View. Let him hit you. But you just don't feel it. Why? Because you, one, you want it to stop. And two, you're kind of angry that the guy's hitting you. But in our Hardy, nah, he pulled a he pulled a Brock Lesnar. He make a, a, a pity patch knees out. And I'm glad. I'm glad. We got some holes. You've got some. You've been having holes. Fucking prick. And now I can really comfortably stop paying attention to you. Because the Oopsie was like, hey man, we, we time to take the training wheels off, bro. Whatever juice we gotta squeeze out of you, we got it. You gotta you gotta show up. <laughs> he, he lost before he started. This was his first real fight. I'm not getting those tomato cans. And <laughs> hey man, hey, when do you guys go on? So I was glad. I said I didn't care about the fight, but I was glad to see it. Uh, Pettis, I picked against Pettis again. Um, but he actually has turned into a kind of fighter that I love. I guess what it irks me most about him is his sanctimony. I, you know, and you know what that word means. And I, and I, you know, I feel like I, this guy, Evan, who I used to know who worked for Rolling Stone, early days of covering the Uzi, and we're talking about uh, Tito. And he says to me about Tito, I can't help it, man. The guy's been nothing but nice to me. But he just reminds me of those dicks that I hated in high school. And so I don't, I don't I'm not saying, I'm not saying, yeah, that there just seems to be this thing about Anthony Pettis that he's just like, I don't, I don't know whether it was a Wheaties box. I don't know what it is, but he just, I, you know, he, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about the guy. And it, I feel, I feel, you know, I, I feel, yeah, yeah. I, I feel, I feel shitty, feeling shitty about Pettis, but I've got to feel shitty. I, I don't know. Why. It's just one of those things. I know he's not a bad guy. I know the backstory. I know. I know. I see you, baby. I know the backstory about his parents dying. He and his brother. It's all. It's all affecting. And, and I understand. He seems like a good guy. A just good guy. But you know, there's just. I don't know. Maybe something the New Yorker in me. Something. You know, there's something where I'm just like, yeah. I just. I don't just, I went to a Santeria event when I was like 10 and people were catching the spirit and they were killing chickens and stuff and dancing around the room and whooping it up. And I, man, and my stepfather who, who, who's living now healthy. I talked to him on a video call up. Seems like he's probably not going to die after he got out of his coma. He's like, what do you think about that? And I was like, man, that's all fake. That's the kind of nine year old I was. That's all fake. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him, baby. He's smiling. I see you. She got a little swim pad. 
I don't think so. There's just something about nah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's not even. It's not like he. He's just like when he, you know what you know what he's. If one of my daughters brought him home, it's like I'm just not buying it. He's like my, it's like Eddie Haskell. Yeah, yeah. Prospect Park. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see it. The only thing I used to see in Prospect Park, I used to see wood porn. You know, people, these kids that they don't realize, like in the old days, like a guy would probably like, I can't keep this stuff at home. He would hide his porn in the woods. I, you know, I don't even want to think about how that works, the wood porn, but, you know, we'd go out in the woods across the park. We'd be like, look at this, and we'd find like creepy, we'd find wood porn. But yeah, he reminds me, and Pettis reminds me, of it. so I picked against him, but his martial artistry was actually pretty high and pretty good. And Morono, Moroni, Mormon, <laughs> Angel Moroni, was he, he's another Jardine cat. His rhythms were so weird that it makes it hard to fight him, but you know, he got got. And Showtime was pulling off the Showtime stuff. I guess that they, they, it's just, yeah, they love some of this cheese ball. They announce his name. And he, and he turns around and he points to the back, you know, and it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's just something. It just seems kind of cheese ball to me. So, but he, I, again, my pick's going down the flames, but I, could, I can't stop now. The stakes are too high. I dig down deep. 0.0. If I don't do it, who is? Uh, so then uh, Eubanks, who I picked, gets beaten by the Iranian Swede. And again, you know, I'm looking at her on the ground. It's like I was, I was recalling the other San Jose fighter woman from a few weeks ago who was training at AKA. You know, what are you, uh, what are you doing? Hey, hey, I got an idea. Let me ask you a question. Do you know where you are now? February? No, I mean, it's. I, I look. I don't want. I don't want to. I. This is at one that I'm actually angry. I've been angry actually. Going. We're going backward in time, but I'm disgusted. This entire fight. It's one thing if you lose, but if you're up there thinking like, "Did I win? I think I won. I kind of won. Maybe I didn't win. Oh my god, did I win?" And they announce it, and you lost. Okay. You know, you knew you lost. You think so? I don't think I don't. You, after a fight like that, I'd be surprised if they let him go. But then also, there's no reason to keep paying him what they're paying him. And keep keep in mind, you know, I got friends who work at Friends. They don't. They're not so friendly these days at Bellator, which is why I've done a news blackout on Bellator. But I just. I, but even before then, I didn't really like their fights. When Bjorn was doing it, I kind of liked him because he's a lunatic, allegedly. <laughs> You got to say this. You know some guy in England tried to sue me for libel? For calling him, uh, what did I call him again? What did I call him? Like a dumbass? Fuck what? I can't. I call him something like that. And he was actually, you could sue somebody for libel and slander in England. And they take, that's what Johnny Depp had to deal with. Nah, nonce wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have called him a nonce. His name was Carl, I think you can look it up. Carl Damata. And I don't even remember what the beef is. I just remember we had them. And, he, and then he was like going to actually sue me. And somebody, the guy who told me, said, hey, uh, Eugene, I talked him out of it. But you maybe want to go like. So then I start picking fun of, I start calling Carla Tamata instead of Carl Damata. <laughs> yeah, you know, these guys going to take me to court? How do you think that's going to look? You know what happened? These guys in France. They tried to get us to stay. Part of the contract, we said, you know, you can pay us for a hotel or you can give us accommodations. We're glad to take personal accommodations and you still give us some money. So, you know, we want to do be nice. They take us to this place. You see all these trucks inside with candles on the, on the dashboard. The fuck is that about? Eastern European hookers. Okay, so it's prostitute row. All these Eastern European or, or Nigerian hookers out on the road. Got it. All the truck drivers are coming, getting the knobs waxed. That's fine. We get into the building. It's in the middle of winter. The door is unlocked. There's wind blowing through it. The windows are broken. Five or six dirty mattresses have been dragged into one room. We ask for sheets. They pull down the curtains, the dusty curtains. And I'm still like sort of down with it. I'm not laying down these mattresses. 
But I'm still sort of, you know, whatever, man. I'm going to sleep in my clothes. Maybe I got a sleeping bag in the car. I'll bring it in. To, and I said, but, you know, I'm wet and cold from the show, sweating my ass off. Where's the shower room? Well, it's down here. Uh, there's no light. Oh. Well, there is a light, but there are the wires hanging from the wall. You got to wind the electrical wires hanging from the wall. Yeah, and the shower is flooded. So I'm going to step in two inches of rank fucking water from which God knows what's going to be spiral keys crawling through my toes. And then I'm going to get electrocuted. And then even on top of that, I have to go sleep on some scabies ridden mattress. And I was like, nah, bro, we're fucking out. Give us some money for the hotel. Fine. Story's over. Except then I find out, guys, the guy, Eugene can't read French, that they're talking shit about me online. Oh, tree lovers. I flip out. I tell the guy, you know what? You know, stingy, greedy luxury lovers. I will spend $700 to get a round-trip ticket to Lyon so I can stab you in the fucking throat with a butter knife. And the guy goes to Facebook or some over Google and planes, and they kick me off for like a week or something for violating their, their whatever, community standards. And I said, if you think I'm going to forget you and or Oxbow is not going to play France again, you're out of your mind. Because where was that guy sleeping that night? At his mother's house. His mother, who made dinner for us that night, even though we have it in the contract, quiche, oh, home-cooked mom's meal. How cool. Burnt quiche. His mother can't cook for shit. So this guy, is, and I've been on this guy. I've been on him. Because I know you, you snipped me out. And then at one point, you can we just we'll forget this? Can we forget the problem? You mean Eugene, a luxury lover? Yeah, yeah, I can forget it. As soon as I stab you in the throat with a butter knife, then I can forget it. Anyway, <laughs> I, I don't know what that has to do with Sajari legs. I got kind of far afield. That's not the point. Let's keep going. Um, so then the other one was... Uh, uh, Darren Wynn and Antonio Arroyo, I didn't care about the fight um, uh, before, but I liked it afterward. Wynn is not, he's like an a, a DC known associate. Not, I'm not going to remember any of these guys tomorrow. So they, I can't, uh, it was interesting to fight. Doesn't mean we got a permanent care out of it. And uh, uh, Talia Santos beat Jillian Robinson, my first fight to go down in flames. What can I say? What can I say? This was a classic Nick Diaz thing. If you think laying on your problems for 20, 15, 15 minutes is going to help. Yeah, it helped. That's how you win the fight. Blue belt, Santos. Big and strong, blue belt. Jillian, done. not done, not done, but this is, yeah, you know, you needed to. You were about to break this record. You should have focused on the task at hand. Actually, it's not her fault. It just happens. Uh, the fawn, the, uh, the African cat, and the query, and Pickett, um, that's the fight I tuned in. Uh, and then the other one I missed, but I, I've watched it in, in clips, the uh, flying flying triangle choke. Uh, and the guy got paid for it, Jimmy Flick. I love that. I, I used to do, I learned it from Oleg Tokhtarov, I used to do a flying armbar. Or a flying triangle that turns into an armbar. And I was like, that's how I knew I was really old. Because I remember doing it. And, you know, when you have a certain weight, you know, you jump up, you hold the guy in the back and neck, you jump up, you throw your legs around, and then your weight pulls him to the mat. Well, you have the presence of mind to keep your legs off to pull it down. But I, I think about doing that move now, and I get shivers up my spine. Because the idea of, okay, I jump up and throw my legs around your head, and that leaves my back maybe, I don't know, three or four feet on the, off the floor. Yeah, yeah, Oliver was great in the movies. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not about that, man. You got to let me down a little bit easy. I'll do it on a big guy. <laughs> but then it's a mixed bag because, okay, a, a, a guy my weight, maybe we go to the mat too fast after I've made the jump. A guy who's bigger than me, he, he can slow it, but then I got this heavier guy coming down. I thought, nah, man, nah, bro. Hey, good for him. That, that's a 20, 20, 20, 20 to 40-year-old guy thing. Hey, guy catching their 50 pulling that off. You don't see to share trying to pull that off. So, ah! 
My lady, she's laying this tired, but she won't sleep. If you're not sleeping, why should I sleep? All right, good point. So, um, so that that is, you know, at the end of this fight, this was the last UFC fight. This is the last UFC fight for 2020, and um, I, we have three weeks of of <laughs> we have three weeks of of no fights. <laughs> My kids listen to this show. Three weeks of no fights, I think, and uh, and we got stuff happening. You know, and, uh, the next show will be on the 27th. Uh, also on the 27th, I got invited to the Lydian Spin. Lydia Lunch is doing a a, a, a Lydian Spin special. It's like um, I'll just I'll read to you what it is. Oh, my voice is crazy. I'll read to you what it is. Uh, it's great. It's like something Johnny Carson used to do. You know, they had the year at the end thing and everybody would come in and, you know, who would pop in there like Bob Hope would pop there to be drunk. I was across the hall having some hot toddies. <laughs> Special Lydian Spin podcast for New Year's. A party online, if you will, with a few guests who would like to invite you to join. We'll, we will all be recording Sunday, December 7th at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Can we count you in? It will take about 40 minutes. Yes. So I guess it runs on New Year's Eve, but they're recording it on the 27th. So uh, there's no show. We'll do we'll do we'll do the Lydian spin recording, and then I'll come and do a you know a, 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 a show stomper if I'm alive. If I haven't died like Elvis on the toilet with fried the, the fried peanut butter and banana sandwiches in my gut. That's probably not going to happen. Yes, Teenage Jesus and the Jerks was her, was her first band. Um, you know, it's funny. You know, these people, I, I, the Madonna thing, Madonna owing me money thing. They're tied to it. Not only that, I talked to Madonna once on the phone, and, you know, the guys, they opened uh, on the road for her. But I say she opens, she owes us money because the way Gamer and, and Suiza and these performers work in Europe, if you don't, uh, after every show you play, you fill out this form and you submit it to the club. The club submit it to the system. The idea being that your music advertising for the clubs, the clubs pay for recorded music. People who make recorded music should get paid for the music. So you submit the forms and you get paid for this for this for this money. I know a guy who every set that they did, they don't come and check. He would write all of the songs that they knew. Sixty songs, even though it's technically impossible to play sixty songs in an hour long set, unless they're very short songs. He would put them all, and he has somebody who manages his money for him. So you have 10 years to collect this money, and if you don't collect it, it just goes to whoever actually does collect it. So for over 20, 30 years, we've been playing Germany, and we've been filling out the forms, but nobody could figure out how to then get the money from it. So at this point, three times at least, Madonna has collected our money. That has nothing to do with when I talk to her, but these are things that connect. I talked to her once when I called their office, and I don't even remember what scam or scheme I had had going on, but it was one of them. Like in the next issue of Decibel, I write about my audition for Van Halen. And uh, <clears throat> this is Decibel, it's a heavy metal magazine. And uh, I do my, I did one here. Uh, this is about uh, the Misfits, I think, right here. So I do the back cover called Damage Inc. So if you still get it, you can't read the stuff online. You have to get the actual magazine. So that's all there is to that. Anyway, so seven days from now, there's no care, don't care Monday afternoon. There is, uh, yeah, Madonna. there is Tuesday, uh, if the shoes fit. I think Kid Nate was in. We recorded a hip hop. He's now, now I understand we record the hip hop evolution thing on Tuesdays at 730 but then he's, he edits it and it comes out sometime later. So this week, all you have is if the shoes fit on Tuesday night and, uh, you know, well, we're Hanukkah, that's why I say, you know, you know we're doing stuff with the kids. And then, you know, got Christmas on the 25th, the 27th, we'll be back and doing a show on what? I have no idea. Probably my guts. Who knows? Can't, I, I, I have no answer for that. But um, but I wish you all a happy holiday in whatever way that you choose to celebrate. 
If you haven't bought the Oxbow shirt, close me out of December 31st. Buy the last few shirts, please. Just do it. You know, so I don't want to have to take it with me. Yes, that is the plan. Do not, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it yet, man. I didn't get it, Tommy. Went to the mail yesterday. They didn't show but the mail felt very sparse. I just got like a few bills and it's annual fee notice I'm looking at now. I didn't get anything else. So I think they slowed things down at the post office. And of course, January 20th, I get to collect my $1,000. We'll talk about that maybe next week. Anyway, don't die. Stay alive. We'll see you next Sunday. Tell the world. I got Aussie articles. I tweeted one out about the Alto Pharmacy guy. If you follow me on at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, you've been able to see it. Until next Sunday, you know how it ends. Look what you made me do! <laughs> Don't die. Don't die, Blondie. Don't die. Don't die. <laughs>